Hello and welcome to All Things Urticaria from Medthority. In this series of podcasts, our host, Professor Marcus Maurer, is joined by his friends and colleagues to discuss all things urticaria. Over to Professor Maurer. Hello and welcome back to All Things Urticaria. My name is Marcus Maurer and I'm really happy to have you with me today. Why? because Jorge Sanchez is with me and I have lots of questions for Jorge. Hola Jorge, como estas? Hi Marcus, I'm fine, and you? I'm great. Um, look, you are at a UCARE in Colombia and I love all your papers, but you know which one I love the best? It's the one where you prove essentially that chronic spontaneous urticaria is an autoallergy. Would you like to explain to our listeners this very elegant and convincing approach that you used uh, when you transferred the serum from a urticaria patient to a healthy person? Okay, uh, taking in consideration all the background that we have spoke before, we, we consider that if we can induce the urticaria, it could be a high demonstration that the autoreactivity is important. And in this case, that the TPO could be a um, trigger of the urticaria in the skin. So we, we take a, a small sample of serum from a patient with chronic spontaneous urticaria that we have demonstrated before that this patient have TPO, ING against TPO, and we make an injection of this serum in a patient that, uh, in a subject, sorry, that don't have uh, urticaria never Ooh. before. Mm -hmm. That subject was I, so I inject this serum in me, in the skin. And 24 hours later, I put TPO in the skin, make a little scratch, Ooh. and observe that this scratch, uh, I will in this scratch suggesting that I induce an hypersensitivity reaction in the skin after we uh, receive the serum of the patient with urticaria. Uh, it's important to say that before this, I never have a reaction with the uh, TPO. Mm -hmm. I have a negative TPO, mm -hmm. and this positive result uh, persists for two weeks. After two weeks, the wheels will disappear, and in this moment, I am negative to TPO suggesting that something in the serum of the patient with urticaria is transferred to me and in that action is induced. Very interesting and very brave of you. Before we come to the mechanism, how did it, what did it feel like to give yourself urticaria? Have you ever had urticaria before? I have acute urticaria, but never chronic spontaneous urticaria. So <laughs> I know that is not good. It's something yeah. very uh, uncomfortable. But I think that this was, this was the only way to be sure that the urticaria is in really an autoreactivity reaction. We say that maybe the urticaria could have an allergy reaction, and it's true, but this allergy reaction is not the traditional way that we observe the allergy. So I think that this was a very, very direct way to observe that. And I have one lucky, uh, a little lucky because uh, the serum of the patient was uh, a cousin, uh, a, a cousin me, uh, of me. So it was a familiar, and I have little risk of other type of reaction with the serum. And the committee, uh, ethic committee of my institution approved the study. So it was a little 
uh, is in the administrative part, but the clinical part was the more interesting. Is the reaction only in the point that I put the, the serum, or it could be a systemic reaction with an anaphylaxis? Who knows? Who knows? Yes. Well, you know, you know, because you did the experiment, and that's great. So let me let me review one more time, because it essentially is very simple. You took IgE, the molecule that uh, is so relevant for allergy, but this has really nothing to do with allergy. It's an autoallergy. You took the IgE from the patient, the IgE against thyroid peroxidin, peroxidase. You immunized yourself, you sensitized yourself with this IgE, and then you became reactive to this autoallergen. Now, I have so many questions. Why does this not lead in patients to an autoallergic shock, to autoanaphylaxis? What is your explanation? It was a possibility. Who knows? But I, we think that maybe if we introduce only a small sample in the intradermic, like we do when we make uh, autoserum tests mm. or when we make some other tests in the skin, maybe the systemic reaction will not occur or the risk was low. Of low. course. But, you know, I'm, I'm talking about the patient. The patient has this IgE everywhere, in the blood, in the skin, in the gut. Why is it that only the skin mast cells appear to be so reactive to this autoallergic mechanism? What oh, do you think? Excellent question, Marcus. Uh, maybe we not, don't know the answer, but one hypothesis is, is that. Why the, the, the disease is select the skin? Why the disease selects some system and not others? Because the adaptive immune response is, is median this disease. If we have a disease that is uh, with the adaptive T cells, for example, we know that this disease is only in some systems because they have some proteins in that system that is not present in high expression in other systems. Right. For example, we focus in TPO, but the hypothyroidism or some autoimmune disease in the thyroid is present in urticaria, but not in all patients with urticaria. Why? Mm. Then, uh, we have another hypothesis about this that we have discussed in other opportunities, is that the TPO is one of the targets, but not the principal targets in the urticaria. Mm. We think that there is some similarities in the structure of the TPO with other proteins that are present in the skin. Okay. And my hypothesis, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think with some experiment that is in the good uh, way, we have a cross-reactivity with the TPO and some epitopes of the eosinophil proteins, like peroxidase eosinophils. We think that eosinophils infiltrate the skin, make the inflammation process, yeah. produce a, a peroxidase, and then the ING is produced against peroxidase, eosinophil peroxidase. Um, in a future reaction with the chronicity of the inflammation, this ING for cross-reactivity recognizes other peroxidase, example, the TPO. 
So is skin is the effect because the protein come from the skin, in yeah. this case for the eosinophils. And it's not affect other systems because we have peroxidase in other systems, but not in the same structure that we have in the skin with the peroxide eosinophil. It's an hypothesis. It's a, nice, it's a nice hypothesis, Jorge. I think it makes a lot of sense. You know, the IgE that is directed to the thyroid, but can also recognize other autoantigens, such as those that come from eosinophils. And eosinophils, we know, are very much present in the skin of urticaria patients after when the wheeling occurs. So I can, I can see this to be very relevant. Look, TPO is very important, obviously, but there are many other autoantigens to which urticaria patients make IgE, interleukin-24, and many others. So I'm thinking maybe it is um, what you say, that the presence of the autoallergen determines where this autoallergic reaction happens. And if this is in the skin, then it will happen in the skin. If it is somewhere else, well, my question to you is, should we explore other chronic inflammatory diseases for autoallergic mechanisms, uh, diseases of the airways, diseases of the gut, or is this really something that only happens in the skin? Well, Mark Marcus, uh, for this uh, question, I ask you a question again. Mm -hmm. For example, you have a recent article that you uh, talk about the IgM and the IgE against the factor crystallizable, uh, the excellent crystallizable factor uh, for receptor the, of ING. These are different immunoglobulins that are present in the same disease. The clinical impact of these uh, immunoglobulins in the disease in the urticaria, maybe is important, maybe not. Maybe some factors are relevant in some patient and in another patient not. So, I think that we have to observe the individual patient as a only system, and we have to look for other diseases that maybe we know related with the disease, in this case, urticaria, yeah. but are there. So we have to ask about it. But I think that is not something that is uh, white or black. We have in some patient relevance of the TPO, as you say, in other patient maybe is the NGE, in other patient could be the NGM, and this uh, inflammatory response could direct what type of response of systems, what type of, of, of other disease could be a comorbidity of the urticaria in the patient. Yeah. There is no question, it's only uh, observation. Uh, uh, but I think that, yes, we have to look more than we are looking now in the skin. When we have, we, we have a patient with urticaria, we only uh, see the skin Maybe we ask about the hypothyroidism, but it's not frequently that we ask about other disease that maybe is there, but we are not looking for. I agree with you, Corgi. We're not asking enough questions, really, or, well, we don't have enough answers. Um, and comorbidities and chronic spontaneous urticaria, they remain to be explored in more detail. I have one more question to you, Corgi, on this IgE. So, a significant proportion of chronic spontaneous urticaria patients make this IgE to TPO, to interleukin-24, to many autoantigens. Mm -hmm. 
Could you see that this is the reason why these patients have high or high normal levels of total IgE? Or, or and that's the alternative, I think, is it that um, if you have um, uh, a, a higher probability to make IgE, then this could be IgE to yourself, autoallergy, and it could be IgE to the environment, allergy. How do you think those are connected? I think that these two points are important. We have ING against the environment. We have ING against uh, some autoantigens, uh, uh, but also we have some production of ING that is, is in the baseline. The production of ING is a natural process that all humans have. In some population, these levels are low because the, the triggers, the factors that induce a high production are not present, so the production is low. But in other, in other population, is high. For example, in Latin America, and especially in Colombia, that is where I, I participate in some studies, you observe that total ING is, is explained in 30% for some environmental allergens, mm -hmm. in 20% uh, 20 for some autoreactive uh, proteins, mm -hmm. but we have 50% of ING, total ING that is not explained by, by environmental of autoreactivity proteins. Okay. So our ING that is there, only waiting for some protein in the future that could be recognized, but maybe not. We have to remember that the biological process is not, uh, uh, is not an intellectual process. It's only an aleatory process. So we have ING against something that maybe not exists, but is stimulated by the, for the protein that exists. We have ING against something that we know, but we have ING something that we don't know in this moment. And I think that this is different for other populations. For example, if we observe the study that you published and other authors in Europe, you observe that the level of total ING is extremely low if we compare that ING in the population, for example, in tropical cities that don't have urticaria. So total ING is very interesting because we don't know where it's, uh, where it's come in high levels or low levels, and high and low can change according to the population that we are observing. Jorge. In allergies, hay fever, for example, we can cure patients. We can do specific immunotherapy by giving low doses of the allergen to induce tolerance to this allergen. Do you think that this is something that we should try in chronic spontaneous urticaria to make patients tolerant to whatever their IgE is directed against, maybe TPO? Of course, yes. I think that the answer is maybe. Maybe have a solution in that part that we have to be careful with the safety of the patient for the risk that they, they that could have uh, a therapy when we do some autoreactive reaction. As a consequence, we don't know. But I think that maybe there is a possible solution for some patient with urticaria. Why not? I totally agree. Let's do it. This is very exciting and offers for the first time, I think, uh, a way to not only prevent the signs and symptoms of this disease, 
but really to provide cure to patients. Look, Jorge, yeah. I have one question for you in this topic. Maybe you have more experience than I in, about the uh, serotonin as a treatment, not only as a diagnostic test, as a treatment. Maybe there is one point in this in this direction. So what are you experiencing about it? Can you observe that maybe help or not? That's a very good point you raised there, Jorge, because yes, serum is used to treat and has been used for a long time, autohemotherapy. And what this means is that you inject the patient with her, with his own serum, which of course contains the autoantigens to which patients may be responsive, may be autoallergic. In fact, when we did this, we found that those patients who benefit from autohemotherapy, from being treated with their own serum, that they showed a reduction of the IgE to their own autoantigens. So maybe further evidence that it is possible, although crude, uh, to work with autoantigens and to induce tolerance to these proteins. Jorge, the one question I often get on autoallergy as a mechanism is, how can I detect this? And I think this is still a big problem out there. Not everyone will transfer the serum from their patient to their own blood, uh, to their own skin, and then do a skin prick testing with TPO like you did to find out if patients have IgE to TPO. And that's not something that we can do uh, with the many, many patients uh, who we have. What do we need to do? Do we need autoallergen test arrays? Do we need skin prick testing with autoallergens? What's the way forward to make it easier for physicians and patients to detect autoallergy in chronic spontaneous urticaria and beyond. Uh, Marcus, your question is for me very, very interesting in many, in many, many aspects. For example, in urticaria, we have a uh, 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 development in the treatments and some mo new monoclonals are focused in new possible treatments for urticaria, and that is great. But the diagnostic, uh, diagnostic of urticaria have more, um, is more lower and more is lower in the, the development of new technologies. So I think that in this moment we can make a medition of the autoreactivity with a specific test, not only in the skin, also in the serum. For example, uh, the medition of INGE for the TPO, for the tissue factor, or for any other uh, autoantigens, uh, it could be made only with an ELISA. So we all need analyze that with some modification for the traditional way that we do. For example, depletion of the INGE first, and then the medition. With only that uh, first step, the depletion of INGE, we can uh, measure the INGE. Why we don't do that? Because mm. in this moment, some centers don't have the capacity, the capability to produce recombinant human proteins. And that is the first limitation, but it's not impossible. For example, in this moment, in the university that I work, we are trying to offer that service to produce and um, um, measure INGE, uh, um, autoantigens, and measure INGE or INGM or INGE against some 
auto antigens, uh, human auto antigens. But it's not difficult. It's only something that different centers have to try to do, mm. and it's simple to do. I think, Jorge, together we can overcome these hurdles, and together we can bring new solutions to the diagnosis of chronic spontaneous urticaria. I'm looking very much forward to that. I'm looking forward to doing it with you. You're a motor of these efforts. Thank you so much for that. And thank you so much, Jorge, for being with us today and answering all, all these questions. And thank you for your wonderful research that really brings the field forward. Folks, this is all the time we have today. Another episode of All Things Urticaria, and we are here for you. So if you have questions that you would like to ask the UCARES and urticariologists around the world, please let us know, and we will do that. Until then, Jorge, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for you, Marcus, for the invitation. <laughs> and thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode. Stay well, be healthy, get connected, and talk to you soon. Medthority would like to thank Marcus Maurer for that fascinating insight into UCARE. If you have any other questions regarding urticaria, please feel free to ask us via our website, www.medthority.com. Remember to tune in for the next episode of All Things Urticaria. From all of us at All Things Urticaria from Medthority, have a lovely week.